Moving along with like values, San Antonio, was it? here's how San Antonio record home value growth stacks up to other cities. Um, and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this on what this is might be driving this. So mm-hmm. San Antonio home values are rising at record pace, but they still lag behind the growth scene nationally, according to a new report from Zillow Group. And Zillow obviously has a few numbers that they can compare with. So Zillow found that the typical single-family home in San Antonio is now worth $233,000, up 10.4%, or $22,000 since last April and one6 since March. The platform found that this growth to be the largest in the metro area since tracking such data, which goes back to 1996. It also found that 23% of homes in the San Antonio metro are selling above a list price. San Antonio housing rally is consistent with the market conditions nationwide with 39 of the top 50 metros seeing double digit increases in typical home values. That annual growth for a typical U.S. home is 11.6%, the highest since 2005. So now looking at Texas, Austin was up 25.5% year over year, which I was just like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Dallas, Fort Worth, 11.9%. San Antonio up 10.4%. And Houston up 9.1%. Zillow expects the momentum to continue over the next year with 11.8% overall growth through April 2020. And that's what I think you were talking about earlier why retail investors are jumping into the market because they see this projected growth. It's like, dude, you're going to go up another 10%. I'm going for it. So inventory is down 39.2% from last year, uh, which homes on the market for just eight days before going under contract. Zillow economist Jeff Tucker cautioned against comparing the current housing market to the scene in the last run-up to the mortgage crisis in the mid-2000s, saying this market is built on strong fundamentals that and that a housing bubble is not likely. He said that homes will remain scarce until existing homeowners feel more comfortable selling or prices rise enough to restore balance. And my question is, how long can price continue to rise like this? Where is all this money coming from for these homes? I mentioned I, I remember mentioned this to you yesterday, and you said you had like some topics or some thoughts on that of like what's going to continue driving this market at these high prices like this. And I mean, kind of taking pieces from articles where he said um, housing is the, the economist said that homes will remain scarce until existing homeowners feel more comfortable selling or prices rise enough to restore balance. And then you had the other people saying like uh, the other article that your middle income housing people are like, yeah, I want to trade up, but I'm afraid I can't go find a house. So I'm not selling. Right. Like what breaks that restores that kind of balance that people can start moving around. Well, my, and this is again, an opinion. Um, I can't see prices stop rising as much if we keep dumping more money into the market. Because what that's going to keep doing, you, the more money you dump, the more that money has to go somewhere. It has to find, and usually it finds assets where you have the asset bubble. The more money you dump, the more money people are going to have available, the more they're going to have to spend. People don't, you know, we always talk about how. S- yeah, Kiyosaki, if you've heard of Kiyosaki and read Rich Dad Poor Dad, he always says savers are losers because the more they devalue the dollar, the more your savings is worth less and less. So how are prices going to stop rising then? If you keep dumping more and more money into the market, when are prices going to stop? How, okay, so dumping money into the market. It's like, who, the, but I agree with like the stimulus packages and stuff like that because I agree. It's like, hey, all these people have been locked up 
for a year, year and a half. Uh, they now have got extra stimulus checks. They kept their jobs, so they kept they didn't weren't going out and spending because they couldn't go travel, they couldn't go on vacation, they couldn't go do anything. So their bank accounts grew above their normal rates. And now, when people we all know aren't financially savvy to where it's like, Hey, I got extra money. So I need to go find something to spend this on. So now when they're having like five, six, seven, ten grand, they're like, man, I can go buy a house. Yeah. But so far we haven't heard about any like direct to person stimuluses that have had any kind of significant windfall or traction of like paying people more money. Well, let's look at what it is. Let's, let's don't look at so much like the government data, right? Let's look at what is. What is, is that we're go to grocery stores, we go to the gas station, everything is costing more, right? That's inflation. Everything is costing more. Now we're starting to see more and more jobs increase how much they're paying to get more people back to work because people are not willing, wanting, whatever it may be, whatever, you know, I, I, even that has become a political conversation of, <laughs> of getting a job. Uh, but wherever you fall, there's not enough people wanting to go to work. So you don't have enough people wanting to go to work. So it's increasing wages in a lot of areas because it's like, shit, we, we got to pay more because we need to fill these roles because if not, we can't grow. We can't scale. We can't deliver. We can't do any yeah. of these things. So you have people making more money. Things are costing more money. I mean, as more money, it, that's how the money is hitting the market. That's how the money is hitting the people. It's hitting it. it it's kind of like that top-down approach of what they always do with tax cuts, right? When they do talk, tax cuts, open for a top-down approach is that you cut the taxes for the big corporations. Therefore, they make more money. Therefore, they pay their people more money. They make more money. They spend more. You know, that's supposed to be the the theory behind, the theory it. behind but, it. But now they've they kind of flipped it to where they cut the labor at the bottom and paid more at the top. And that's forcing the trickle-down effect to go like, hey, we you got these big tax breaks. You got all this extra money. You got um, the, these stock bonuses and or all this stuff. Your stocks have yeah. gone up. And it's like, and now the labor's like, mm, I don't want to go to work for fifteen bucks an hour anymore or, or twelve dollars an hour. It's like, I want more than that. And now I got cash to sustain yep. my lifestyle for the next six months. Well, so it's like, yeah. and now like you look at how our capitalism and stock market quarterly reports, it's like your job is to increase your stock price. So it's like, well, we got to provide more value. We have all this stuff to where like an inventory sitting around actually costs you money or not being able to go capture business. I mean, somebody else is capturing it. So it actually hurts you more. So I think that is something that, uh, well, and then you also have, you got to look at, like we always talk about, let's say with real estate prices, it's, it is location, right? It is local in a lot of areas. So you got to look at like Texas, we have more and more people every year, every day, every month, every week move into Texas. The more people go after a limited supply, the more that supply goes up, mm -hmm. the cost of that supply. So when you're saying when a home price is going to go down or stable off, it's like it's going to depend. You know, maybe if you're in more of a rural city somewhere where nobody's moving there, people are maybe moving away from there. Prices are probably going to stable off or go down in those areas much sooner than they will, like in San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Houston. Well, I mean, just the South. I was listening to uh, Kathy Fetke this morning mm -hmm. on her real estate uh, five-minute brief, and they said that properties in the South, like they grew faster than any other area than when you look at the, the regions, the, the Northeast, the South, Midwest, and the West. Right. And as I think it went, like the South was by far the biggest leader, and the economists, everybody's in like, 
it's going to continue to grow and it's going to outpace the growth of every other uh, region in the United States. Or it's like you have so many people moving there. You have like all the, the pandemic that you have all these high placed uh, taxes in the uh, areas like the Northeast and the West. And they're like, man, we're very fluent. We're wealthy. We're moving to Texas and Florida. Yeah. And that's why you see like the, the last um, census report <laughs> showed that like, where are people moving? Texas and Florida. Like they are the two biggest winners, the two biggest economies that are gaining the most, like to where it's going to be easy, interesting to see over the next decade or two to see our, our top two our top four big producers, which is Texas and Florida, New York and California, like very two different styles of living, very due to political spectrums, very different ways they do business in those states. It's going to yeah. be interesting to see like where things are going to end up because right now the trends are moving from those two states to the two other states. 